Hello, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Ambitions Podcast. Today I'm joined by Helen and Rachel. Rachel heads up our training division, so is here today to talk about all things learning and development with a focus on CPD. Welcome to you both. Thank you for joining me today. So, what is CPD? CPD is Continued Professional Development, uh, which is the development of skills within your professional job role. And certainly um, it is a continuum, so people will be at different stages of their careers and their own personal development. Um, someone that's been in a role for three months will be different to someone who's doing the, been doing the job for two to three years. Um, I think allied to professional development, you've also got personal development and that tends to be more um, softer skills such as interpersonal skills and the ability to um, build relationships with colleagues and with other people. What benefits does this have to business? There's a lot of benefits to um, for CPD to the company. Uh, this could be um, from a legal aspect so if there's new legislation it keeps everybody in line and keeps everything um, compliant within the business. It's upskilling your workforce to ensure that they can um, work solidly within the rest of their team. Um, it's a good idea to keep a CPD log and that can be used as a diary so it makes sure that everybody's on the same page that um, the company is moving forward with its strategy and certainly it can help to reduce faults or um, problems within the business uh, waste or or complaints that you may have if everybody is uh, working together and they're working to the same standard if you assess skills you can identify if you have any weaknesses. Um, these can then be addressed um, and then you've got consistency across the business of delivery of uh, you know the business function and also you may have a couple of people in, in your department who are particularly skilled and pe they may be relied on for their expertise and, and sometimes put under pressure. If you upskill the rest of your team then you have a situation where everybody as we said is working at the same standard and, and then if, if you need cover or if someone's off you've got more stability in your team and future proofing as well to make sure that you've got that continued skill set. Yeah it helps with um, Im improved productivity so it means that you know that when somebody's sat there working that they can um, you, you know that they are being productive and that they're meeting the goals that they've been, that they've been set. And what about from a, a sort of a staff incentive point of view a lot of we talk a lot in other podcasts um, about how important candidates and employees see training to their future progression which could I assume result in a, a lower staff turnover yeah definitely because people feel invested in yeah so therefore they they're more likely to to stay and perhaps not look elsewhere yeah yeah so moving on I mean what are the other benefits to employees that we see through CPD I think they have a, a greater understanding of the job because they are trained and um, they're able to share that training with others. Um, then I think they're more confident, so they have more job satisfaction and, and more staff morale, as you say, because they feel invested in and feel valued and they can see training as a benefit. Yeah, staff are definitely more motivated. I think once you invest in your staff, um, that they will perform better as a group, that they will cohesively come together as a team and they know that, that it's, a, you know, it's a strategy that's been put in place to help them within the workplace, within their job role. And I think if they're more confident um, and they, they feel that they want training in a particular area, they, they feel able to ask as well if they think they may have weaknesses themselves. Yeah. If there is a culture of training, they yeah. can identify that and, and uh, 
and be more proactive. Yeah, having that culture in place, I think, really helps you to come forward, to step forward if you see that there is a weakness, rather than just pushing it to the back. Mm-hmm. It means that you can come forward and it can be looked at and something can be put in place to help you uh, for your professional and personal development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what forms can CPD take? I think there's, there's a variety of options depending on the business needs. Um, very much uh, it's, it's on the job training. It's something that's obviously in the workplace that's very accessible and can be done as and when. Then people are learning in, the, in, in their job environment. That means they have live examples and they're looking at some um, specific examples within the workplace that are, are real and real life for them to learn from. Um, or they may be in a situation where they are perhaps mentored by a, a more experienced colleague um, who can then share their knowledge and skills and that, that sometimes is, a, is something for um, further development probably over a period of like a longer period of time where that individual may be signposted for a different role in the future or where the company may be uh, future proofing to develop an individual to take over, over a, um, a more senior role or a different role in, in the future. Yeah and if we look at if we think about um, the legal side and compliance a lot of companies don't have the staff in place to deliver that training and um, they can use, there's a lot of resources out there for Mm e-learning and it's something that can be put in place for staff. They have timescales to undertake the training, they can jump in, jump out, they can do it in their own time within their working day. Um, It means that everybody again is working from the same page, that essentially that they're getting exactly the same training and it's something that then can be monitored and it ensures that um, everybody has actually done that training. Yeah, so it ticks that compliance box as well. And I think that can be bite-sized as well. If it's e-learning, they can do it in their own time or when they've got some downtime at work, as and when, they can do it in bite-sized chunks which is can be daunting if you've just got training to do and it's separate and away from the work environment certainly there is a a case for that if if people are doing a professional qualification CIPD or or perhaps an accountancy qualification they may go out to an external course which would be within a college or university yeah so it's about finding the best method of training yeah what works best okay and how's that training reviewed then in the workplace I mean that would then be part of the strategic review that you would then reflect back on what learning they'd they'd had and, and measure there where possible. So is it important for businesses to take that strategic approach? Yeah, certainly they'd need a learning and development strategy. And is Again, that businesses of any size? Well, I mean, I think that varies very much. Obviously, a smaller business has just got... The idea is that you've got a plan. Mm-hmm. So you have... Um, you identify what training is needed, the business needs, where you need to be, where you're going to, and then you look at what factors um, you have to, to put that in place. Um, if you look at the skills, if you identify that there's skills gaps within your business, you then work out where you need to be and how you're going to get there. Yeah, and as you said, uh, small small or large businesses, I think most businesses will be using some form of technology and that is ever-changing and moving forward. So it's essential to, you know, to make sure that all of your staff um, can use the systems that are in place or any new ones that are being implemented. So it's about keeping um, that leading edge on your competitors as well as far as technology. And it does depend on resources and 
cost, all those things need to be factored in. And I think it's important to include the people and, and, and the staff in this as well to listen to them. What training do they think they need? Uh, what would they like to be better at? What, where would they like to be more confident? And I think if, if they're included in part of the strategy early on, then they're more likely to buy into that training as well. So I think there's more positive outcomes. Yes, but I, th- I totally agree that it's about you, you know, reflecting on your own personal job role and the way you are and you will know what your weaknesses are and um, it's a good way of being able to come forward. Certainly and I think line managers are a key here because I think there needs to be an expectation people have had training that they can then come back into the workplace and that there's a reflection on what they've learned and that there's a, a transfer of that knowledge so that actually you can see those outcomes within within the workplace as well not just within weeks but months later that 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 uh, that training has is still being applied and there's consistency and that you can actually see it being transferred into the business and that there are business changes as a, as a result. Yeah, definitely, because it's one thing to invest and sometimes mm. training is a is an investment mm. on, on you know different levels. Some of it's very expensive, some of it not so. But you know, as an employer, you're going to want to know what you can actually get from that training. It's, it's sometimes it's a tick box exercise like we've talked about with legal and compliance. But if it's a a bigger investment on a long term course. How does that help that employee day to day? And as you've said, Helen, you know, what, what, how is that going to filter through to the business, into their job role, and, and not only for them, but to the other employees around them as well? How does that benefit them? I think that's what we're, we're saying here, isn't it? Yeah, and if a company is going to put the time and effort in to put in place a training strategy for the company, mm-hmm. you know, that can always be followed up with um, surveys to their customers to find out um, how well their employees are doing and if any of that training that has taken place is actually working and helping the business improve yeah particularly in like a customer service scenario i suppose that would be quite make it quite measurable yes so uh, you know employers can then think about what return are they getting on that investment which you know some employers really are about the metrics aren't they and wanting to know you know we've invested this much how much is this actually going to be worth to the to the business obviously I mean, certainly some of the benefits aren't always measurable. I mean, certainly you have to make sure that you're getting value for money. Um, but certain things like um, increased confidence and morale in staff is not always measurable as such. But I think that they are tangible and 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 managers will see a difference in people. It shouldn't be underestimated. But definitely. And I think also that... Um, changing behaviours it doesn't happen overnight so I think you know once they come back and they're applying those new skills that and unless you're encouraged and everyone around you is doing the same thing it's it needs to become second nature to to actually adopt those new that embed it and those new practices so what kind of issues do we see businesses facing today so it's typical um for trainees, uh, for training to be done when employees join the company, um, but a lot of this is you, you know, like new starts, your new starts, your induction, your health and safety. But it's about moving it on from there, isn't it? And, and putting in place what will actually really help that employee and help that that business on an ongoing basis, rather than, than it just being done at induction. Are companies investing in training? Do you do you see that it's something that's you know what's the the trend at the moment? Is it is it something that people are investing in? Is it an area of underinvestment? There's some, some research carried out by the CIPD and they've stated that um, a third of businesses um, are doing 50 to 100% of training either at induction or health and safety based, which would imply that there isn't that continuum of training 
throughout the work the, the workplace it's more at the front end rather than seeing it, it as, a, as a continuous process um, government has said that uh, there is a skills deficit in the UK and I think that we are educating people to degree level and there is a weakness in vocational training which I think now we see coming through to the workplace and unless people are upskilled in the workplace then then I think that's what's been identified by the government that uh, there is there is that gap it's about encouraging companies isn't it to upskill their workforce and um, not just that initial training. It could be anything from writing and understanding reports. So it's actually putting those that have been in education back into you know the workplace of what actually does need to um, to be undertaken in the workplace. So more practical than academic. Sorry, thank you. Yeah, yeah. more practical than academic. So numerical and analytical analytical tasks as well, and mm-hmm. um, the use of IT and problem solving. I think we. We do assume that the younger generation know a lot about IT mm-hmm. because they use it and they'll use it when they're in college or if they do a degree, but I think it's about transferring that into the workplace mm-hmm. so that it has um, a positive role and that they mm-hmm. that they can utilise it to... Um, be a different way of using it. A different way of using yeah. it, totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, Helen, as you said, the government um, have addressed the fact that there is a skills deficit in the UK um, and I know that we hear a lot about the apprenticeship levy so where does that fit in with the the current training landscape as we see it today? Yeah um, it was in the training um, the apprenticeship levy was introduced in April um, 17 um, and at that point companies with a payroll of over three million um, were asked to pay half a percent of that value um, into a levy fund. The positive for that was that they could use some of that fund to fund their own um, apprenticeships. There has been a 20% decline in work-based training over the last 20, over the last 20 years if we, as we've said and that was one of the reasons for the levy is that they would then be encouraged to spend more on internal training but I, um, I'm not sure if that's actually been the case. Um, so I've had a look at this um, there's been quite a lot um, in the news more recently about the apprenticeship levy and the CIPD survey of 2000 levy, pay, levy paying employees um, said that less than a third said that the levy would actually lead them to increase spending on training mm. um, that this is down from July 17 showing confidence in the levy has uh, dwindled since it came in and 49% believe the levy will have no impact on the amount um, of money they spend on their training. Yeah, yeah, and I think the report went on to say that people were saying that it, they, you know, they were carrying out the training anyway, and that the levy hadn't actually impacted them in those decisions. They they were training out, you know, they're carrying out that training anyway, so they weren't actually carrying out new training as such, um, which I think has not been what what the government were anticipating. So, do we know why that might be? Do people have a misunderstanding when it comes to apprenticeships? I think that, uh, again, it, it, the CIPD have said that it's because the courses have tended to be quite narrow in their content. Yeah, I think a lot of companies are actually struggling to find the right content um, for their business or for mm. their employees. So it's not tailored enough? Yeah, it's not mm. tailored enough. Um, there's not enough endpoint assessors. It's just that it's not right for their business. Mm. So what seemed like a really good idea you know, in, in practice is not really working. And I also think the 20% off the job uh, where, you know, it's established people are away from their desk for Which is one, one day, day, a, week, one day yeah. a week. 
um, that's not to be underestimated. Certainly it can be threaded in, um, the learning is positive, but depending on your work schedule, that's a day of a day a week out of out of your role potentially um, and I think one of the things that uh, the CIPD were recommending is that that 20% off the job should be um, be allowed to be doing more business-based reports for example which then might be of benefit to the company um, as well as ticking the box of being um, reaching the 20% off, off the role which is um, is required for it to, to to be considered an apprenticeship. It's about having um the right tutors and assessors in place as well to be able to um, work with that business to meet that business needs for their apprenticeship. And how do companies find the, the tutors and assessors? It can be, yeah, a bit of a be a bit of a minefield, and I think this is the problem because for them, if we're going to say, well, for that twenty percent, they should really be working on a project within the business, then it's about that assessor actually understanding that business and what will work. So there are ways of finding that twenty percent off, but it can be like I said, a bit of a minefield and, and quite difficult for a lot of businesses. Mm. It's quite time-consuming to find, yeah. um, you, you know, the right the right companies to put that training in place um, to deliver that apprenticeship. Mm. Yeah, so I think what we're saying is that the apprenticeship levy has some merits. The the government sort of were right to identify that there is that, that potential need there, but, but how it's structured at the moment, perhaps, well, the, the stats speak for themselves, don't they? That, that if, you know, if only 49% of businesses believe that the levy is actually going to have no impact on the amount of money they're spending on training um, you know that that's less than half um, I mean that really is quite quite high isn't it higher than you'd have expected and I'm sure that's probably not what the government would have would have wanted and I think courses in different lengths um, has been recommended by CIPD as well because you may not want 12 to 18 months training you might want other um, shorter courses that would be more tailored that you would um, be you'd want to use and they'd have value um, and they'd be more tailored to your business they'd be have more broader occupational breadth um, and and they wouldn't particularly be the the length of yeah, a year to, to yeah. 18 months yeah it's maybe a, a three-month course or yes yeah a lot of uh, training providers are actually adding in the accredited training so shorter courses you know whether that be first aid um, mm. at work so they're trying to incorporate them into the apprenticeship so that the the, the business can see the benefit of doing that apprenticeship but I know that um, due to time and cost a lot of companies would just prefer uh, the accredited short courses which mm -hmm. is really they can measure the benefit to, um, to their employees and to the business.